Several weeks ago, Wendy and I were out for a neighborhood walk with Brownie, our two-year-old Labrador. Well, I was enjoying the morning and spending quality time with, uh, well, what we at the Bryant house, we call the Brownie Bryant Dog Pack. Anyway, it's important to note that I was not thinking about this week's message. What had been on my mind, however, were the many prayers that have been recently shared with me. Additionally, I had recalled, again, from uh, a daily devotional, from a previous morning's reading, I had recalled the Apostle Paul's words to one of his benefactors, Philemon. This is what Paul wrote. I remember you in my prayers, and I appeal to you on the basis of love. I, Paul, am writing this letter with my own hand. Well, back to the morning walk, Uh, it was during that relaxing morning walk that this thought came to me, and again, I had Paul's letter on my mind. If people today were actually to sit down and take the time and write a letter to God, what would they say? And immediately I imagined what Brownie, our dog, what Brownie's letter or prayer to God might say. I think it would go something like this rough, rough, woof. Dear God, thanks for treats, for morning walks. Thanks for my favorite food. Thanks for a safe home with people who love me. And especially, oh God, thanks for warm places to rest my head and take really long naps. Oh, and by the way, I want a really warm sweater for Christmas. Okay, please? Ruff. <coughs> Ruff. Oh. Oh, I want to change that prayer. Better make that sweater a gift for Thanksgiving. God, are you listening? Well, I went on to imagine a more specific request for that moment while we were out walking together. Oh, and by the way, I pray that Daisy, the little anchor, ankle biter chihuahua, I wish Daisy would just grow up, quit acting like she's so tough, and get a life. By the way, (coughs) Daisy is an eight-pound chihuahua who proudly struts the neighborhood sidewalks and very aggressively growls and barks at 50-pound brownie every time she sees him. So as we turn toward today's scripture, let me say a few things to introduce this somewhat, I would say, unusual letter from Paul. This letter from the Apostle Paul is unique in that it's written specifically to an individual and was not initially intended for a community, like a local church, for example. Later, however, this letter, which is now in our Bibles today, was widely circulated and often read in the house churches, especially in Colossae, which was the home of Philemon, again, a wealthy benefactor of Paul's. So, I'm reading various verses from Philemon, chapter 1, and by the way, there's only one chapter in this letter. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, 
Although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you, brother, on the basis of love. I, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith during my time in prison. He was useless to you before, but now he is useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, which is like sending you my own heart. I considered keeping him with me so that he might serve me in your place during my time in prison because of the gospel. However, I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that your act of kindness would occur willingly and not under pressure. Maybe this is the reason that Onesimus was separated from you for a while so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave. That is, that you would have him back now as a dearly loved brother. So if you really consider me a partner, welcome Onesimus as if you were welcoming me. If he has harmed you in any way or owes you money or anything, charge it to my account. This is the word of God. For us, the people of God, thanks be to God. Well, this fourth week of November uh, is known by some as Christ the King Sunday. And if we at Yuma First were, you know, if we were religious, religiously following the common church calendar, Christ the King Sunday, which by the way, uh, this year falls on this coming Sunday, the 22nd of November, it signals the conclusion of the church year. With the Advent season, the season which leads us into Christmas, that won't be starting until next Sunday, November 29th here in the year 2020. So how on earth do you come up with a, a, a relevant, fitting message that's appropriate for a year like 2020? You know, the really wacky, crazy year that's just been overloaded with unpredictable days and nights, day after day, night after night. Well, hey, I thought this was supposed to be a sermon, right? It was supposed to be a lot more than just a prayer from Brownie. Well, that being said, let me say just a couple words about the letter that Paul wrote to Philemon and how it ended up in our hands as scripture. And a lot of these comments, by the way, are from crossway.com. That's crossway.com. Apparently, during Paul's three-year ministry in Ephesus, Philemon heard the gospel, and he was saved. He began serving Christ in the Colossian community, and he opened his home for a group of Christians to meet there regularly, kind of like a home church, kind of like the way we've been meeting in the driveway at the tenant's house. At some point, Onesimus, one of Philemon's bond sermons, had fled Rome, before he left, he possibly had stolen money or property from Philemon. While in Rome, Onesimus came in contact with the Apostle Paul, and he became a Christian. As he grew in Christ, he was a great help to Paul during Paul's imprisonment there. As much as Paul would like to have retained the services Onesimus, Paul knew that Onesimus's wrongdoing against his master Philemon needed to be addressed for Onesimus to be able to move on with his life. 
Paul wrote this letter, urging Philemon to appreciate the transformation that had now occurred in the life of Onesimus. Paul asked Philemon to receive Onesimus back, not merely as a bondservant, but now to receive him back as a beloved brother in Christ Jesus. Last comment here from Crossway.com would be this. It's difficult to know if Paul sought Onesimus' full freedom. It is clear, however, that Paul was seeking a transformed relationship between bondservant and master. This new relationship would defy all of the ingrained status distinctions of the surrounding Greek and Roman culture. The theme of Paul's letter is the power of the gospel to transform individual lives and the power of the gospel to transform human relationships, which was why I wanted to include this letter this week. Paul's writing here is seeking a transformed relationship. And although you and I might not say it or even think it when we pray, but when we sit down to pray, or you might even say to write a letter to God, would we not also be seeking significant and meaningful change? Wouldn't you and I? I mean, just think about the last time you you, you prayed or urgently for anything. Weren't you wanting something to be transformed? Very similar to the transformation that we just heard in Paul's artful penmanship. Well, what's the point here today? I think it's simple. Whether we think it or not, whether we articulate it or not, you and I intuitively, I'm convinced, seek transformation of some kind every time we pray. For example, when we pray for a friend to fully recover from an illness, when we pray for a friend's doctors and medical staffs to have the skill and the wisdom and the stamina needed to perform a surgery, when we pray with gratitude and thanks for all that God has done for us. So where did this letter to God idea come from anyway? Well, I need to tell you that this is one of those messages that are I didn't just write the message and suddenly it was over. I actually have been writing this message over and over now for, I don't know, the last three months. And I'm thinking that your thoughts and mine, like our prayers, they're like a continuous stream toward the pearly gates, kind of like living waters and living letters and urgent prayers that flow from people, from you and me, as we express to God what's really on our minds. You know, it's curious that part of the idea for the this Letters to God message this week, it actually evolved from my conversations with you centered on what your dogs might include in their, in their prayers, in their letter to God. Keep in mind, this whole thing about letters to God, uh, prayers from dogs, it just happened, it came to my mind, knowing about this letter that Paul wrote to Philemon and watching Brownie's interaction as Wendy and I walk Brownie in the mornings around our neighborhood. So uh, just let me share a couple of prayers. And again, keep in mind, this is my own imagination working here. And I know several of your dogs. And so I'm going to start with Baxter, the Border Collie. I'm thinking Baxter's prayer to God would go something like this. Thanks, God, for all the other dogs that constantly need direction and guidance. 
I'm thankful because I get to herd these confused, misdirected animals. After all, we don't want this world going to the dogs now, do we? <coughs> and then this prayer from Annie. Now, Annie is a collie, and Annie is Baxter's big sister. I think Annie's prayer would go something like this. Oh, God, thanks for other dogs who come to my house for a visit. I love it because the other dogs coming here gives Baxter somebody else to relentlessly chase and to boss around. Thanks, God, for some peace and a rest. And then I just had, I just had to add to Brownie's prayer. Thank you, God, for lots of food, fun pet parents, times of peace and quiet, times for devotionals, Pack Devo, that's our evening prayer time together. And here's my biggest prayer of gratitude, God. Thanks for a warm spot to lay in the afternoon sun. Yes. And then there's beauty. You owners of beauty would know that beauty would pray for, thanks God, for good snacks and for tender, loving care from Jim and Lucille. And then Beatrice. Beatrice would say, I'm so grateful for an unlimited supply of cheese snacks from my masters. And then there's Rufus. Rufus, well, Rufus is kind of confused. Rufus might say something like this. Thanks, God, for swimming pools with cool water that I could jump in. Well, you know what I mean. I don't really jump in the pool. I just kind of fall in it when I walk by. And then there's Mocha. Mocha's prayer would go something like this. Thank you, God. I sure love swimming in the morning with Mitch, and I really love it when Mitch takes me downtown Yuma and gets me a puppy cup. And then there'd be Parker. Parker's prayer would go something like this. Oh, God, thanks for Dave giving me a home, especially when I needed it most. And, oh, Daisy, remember I said Brownie? Our dog was praying that Daisy, the little chihuahua, would grow up and quit acting so big and get a life? Well, I think Daisy's prayer would go something like this. Thanks, God, for giving me a neighborhood that I can rule with an iron paw. Ruff, ruff. Well, <laughs> dogs praying and writing letters to God is clever and cute, I think. I do. And I get to tell you this because I'm the guy with the microphone this week. But what about you? Have you ever thought about writing a letter to God? Ever? So as you think about what you might say to God, here are just a few short thoughts from some types of persons that I think most of us could resonate with, especially as we get ready to wrap up a very difficult year. How about a letter from an impatient person. I'm reminded here of a tall, thin, tan guy that was uh, waiting in line to get on the uh, plane here in Yuma here last week. Boy, was that guy mad. I'm telling you, nothing was working out. The plane wasn't working. The plane was sitting on the tarmac being repaired, and apparently he'd been there all day. Um, and he'd just been waiting. Um, a letter from the impatient. It has been so easy to be fearful with the uncertainty in our world today. And it often leads, I think, to just chronic impatience. And I've, I've, I've experienced this myself. How about a letter from the confused and the uncertain? 
um, a letter from someone who's who's experienced loss, grief, difficulties, concentrating. Um, I met with a friend recently and we just talked. We just shared with each other. We just shared with things and we finally realized we were talking about COVID fatigue and how uh, um, we'd had times where uh, we were confused and uncertain and even angry at times. And we just cared for one another and listened to one another, had a cup of coffee and a muffin. Uh, We both so appreciated the time that we had together. Um, How about a letter from the exhausted, depressed, and the angry? Um, I'm thinking that just this loss of control that so many people have experienced lately has, has led to an increased effort to overcome the sense of chaos, which I think can easily lead to complete exhaustion. So I don't know wherever you're at today, but maybe a letter from from you during a time of, of where you've just realized that, that you're exhausted with what you've been trying to do with your life lately. And then let's not forget a letter from the one who encounters grace, a letter from the faithful, a letter from the positive, from the hope-filled. Wendy and I, of course, have been up north in the Pacific Northwest and uh, been a part of our family up there and uh, experienced, uh, I thought, quite an interesting uh, example of positive, forward-thinking, and visionary leadership. Uh, There's a church there where uh, we've learned their pastor is going to be gone during Christmas Eve, and I was just so encouraged to overhear lay people who are a part of the church leadership, and they just picked up the uh, reins and are putting together a really rich experience for Christmas Eve for their congregation. Pastor or not, they're doing what it needs to take to look ahead and help people keep their chins up during a really tough time, especially in a really tough year. Um, What about you? What would a letter from you sound like? Yeah. We're talking about prayers from dogs to God, and we're talking about letters from some of the things that uh, lots of folks are struggling with during this really hard year. But what about you? What would your letter to God say? Now, someone might even be saying to themselves, whoa, Pastor Mike, that sounds like an assignment. Well, you could take it that that way. So if you were going to sit down and you were going to write a letter, what emotions what needs, what praises, what urgent cries or, or questions might your letter to God contain? Because maybe, maybe it's time that you sit down and you write your letter to God. In fact, this is your weekly takeaway, my friends. Before this week gets away from you, I want you to sit down. I want you to settle down. Allow yourself to get comfortable. Allow God to quiet your soul. Pray. Most importantly, I invite you to be authentic. Be your authentic self. Be honest. And write your letter to God. O Christ the King, O Christ the King, it is your kingship. It's honoring you first, always. This is what this week is all about. May the world know, especially this week, 
especially this moment, this day, this morning. May the world know in a very palpable way your grace, your love, your forgiveness, and your reign on earth just as it is in heaven. Finally, my friends, I share with you another poem from Steve Garnis Holmes. I've shared his writing with you before, and his writing can be found uh, net. And the name of this closing prayer today is called Bear Tree. Leaves lost, cloak sundered. Summer's green muffler gone. Open to November winds, picking through your belongings, your scarf unwrapped from your neck, so exposed. The last mitten taken from the hand of the high twig flutters down. So this is you, without all the leafy romance, the generous bosom, the welcome shade, just arms of wood, wooden sinews rising, twisting, thinning toward the top. Your ten thousand fingers and all this empty air, the blank between branch and branch, the wind you cannot hold, this is you. This strenuous absence, this brave emptiness with no visible heart. Where are you now? In the root? Deep? In the wind? Or here, invisible? in the presence, the persistence, the openness to what winter will breathe through you. O oh, beautiful barrenness, you will prevail, and if I attend, you will bring me with you. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. O oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Amen.